Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode was brought to you by Alberta Bike Swap, the safe way to buy, sell, or donate your bike. Visit albertabikeswap.ca for more information. Please ride safe. I'll be hosting this episode. I'm a software developer and tech leader in Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Web3 and virtual reality are my current time suck, and I am passionate about technology and entrepreneurship. As the founder and CTO of New Idea Machine, giving back to the community is important to me. I am always available to offer advice on technology and business. And now, join me for my conversation with Laura Grant. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast for Rainforest Alberta. Uh, Today, my guest is Laura Grant uh, with Alberta Bike Swap. Hi, Laura. How are you? Very well, Al. How are you? (laughs) Excellent. Thank you. Let's start with learning who Laura is, because you know what? To be totally honest and transparent with you, I actually don't know a lot about you. We've sort of connected through Rainforest over the years, and we've met in person a few times. And I think we were out at SAIT one time for a uh, student demo day presentation and stuff. But I actually don't know a ton about you. So why don't you give us a little background? Oh, boy. (laughs) I started my university education in pharmacy back when people were gnawing on roots. They've gone (laughs) back, back to gnawing on roots. so. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. So, <laughs> so, so when I was a third year pharmacy, I had a cerebral aneurysm or what they thought was, and I lapsed into a coma and I was diagnosed with MS in 1980. Wow. I've been, I have been a long time cyclist. Um, one of the first things I did was get back on my bike and I rode. Um, I used to cycle commute back in the seventies um, to university, to high school, because I was a farm girl and that's what you did. And I lovingly say, back when the mountains were forming, I was a competitive skier. So if you see somebody wobbling around with a knee brace, that would be me. So, <laughs> so, so I'm going back in time. So I'm a longtime cyclist and um, I've always followed common sense when I've rode my bike. Um, I, these are wheels when I'm riding and I ride on the road. I'm not a, a, what we call a rolling pedestrian. So um, I got through MS. I got through my MS. I was very, very sick for a long time. I was a water analyst for the province of Alberta, the toxicology lab after pharmacy. And I completed, and then I went back and said, so looked at the newspaper because that's where people found jobs back then. And I found, I saw systems analysts and I got a degree in math and computer science. So married, raised children, and then um, found myself quite suddenly a single mother. And I put my so I went back and I started technical writing and getting back into computers. And I've just been dabbling in it for a long time, but over 40 years. So Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I want to just rewind a little bit. Okay. You said um, that you're an avid cyclist and you have MS. And yes. I seem to remember, maybe you know about this. There was a study or something that said that um People who rode bicycles actually, um, it actually helped them with it. Actually, helped them with their MS. Have you heard anything about that? 
That I wouldn't know, but okay. I do know that you have an endorphin release and the happier person is, the more likely you are to survive an illness. Uh, that's the heavy and that's the heavy in theory. So interesting, so, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to dig that up if I can find it. It was it was a really interesting. It's it seemed to like if I remember the study correctly, uh the people who are suffering suffering from MS, if they rode a bike, they actually got sort of like extended periods periods of relief mm-hmm. from it or something like that uh, maybe i'm just maybe i'm remembering something something else and anyway if i find it i'll post it in the show notes if not i'm just full of crap <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> no but, um, but cycling has kept my ba- kept my balance for a long time and i went to the neurologist last, just last month and he told me you know, Laura, you've aged out of MS. Oh, wow. And so I, I've essentially beat it. And not too many people can say that. I bet. So, so I'm very, very happy. <laughs> That's so cool. And there's so yeah. many positive aspects to cycling. Yeah. Not only is it great for the environment and all that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. uh, the fact of the matter is it's actually uh, an incredible exercise. It's very low impact. Mm-hmm. It's super ex- interesting. You know, like it's, it's never boring mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. you can go... Mm-hmm anywhere you want, whenever you want. And, uh, you know, obviously these days people have fat bikes and electric bikes and electric fat bikes and all that other stuff. But honestly, like a good old fashioned ride, um, with, with your family and Mm -hmm. stuff like that is still one of the best ways to spend your time. I think anyway. Oh, that's perfect. It is. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So you're, um, I'm going to call it obsession with cycling has led you to creating an organization called Alberta Bike Swap. And I'd love to talk about how that came about and um, sort of some of the, I know you've had some challenges along the way and, mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. and now you have some really, really cool software that I want to talk about, but let's, let's kind of rewind back to the beginning. How did that all start? Oh boy. Well, we're, my husband and I, my, I, I lovingly call him my long suffering husband and I were cycling home. <laughs> In December 2010, and um, we met cycle commuting, by the way. Mm-hmm. So not a very cold January day. It was only about minus 15, and I looked over, and there was another cyclist. There weren't too many of them back then or in 2005. So it was great. We met. We've been together since that time. We met at the bike racks, actually. As you <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> we, had, we were working at the same place. I didn't know that. So anyway, so it was actually, it's great. We've been together for oh, a while and very happy. and peaceful. It's a very good life. So, so we were cycling home in December, 2010, and we watched a cyclist blow right through a stop sign and nearly take another cyclist out and went, okay, that wasn't very smart. So we're cycling home, going under Crow Child Bridge on the pathway. And I signaled right to turn right. And a cyclist passed us on the right. Whoa. And we thought, okay, this not is not very cool. My husband, Chris is an engineer. A mechanical engineer. He calls himself a barnyard engineer, but he's really a professional engineer. He can take anything apart and putting it back together. He's fantastic. So, so he was always taking bikes apart, and we bought. He was buying bikes at the police auctions and putting them back together. And he was selling the bikes just to get more people riding. Oh. And he was selling them out of our garage. And we had somebody come over, and they looked everything else in our garage except the bike that he was selling, and we got robbed. Wow! Twice. Oh my gosh! Thank you. Too soon old, too late smart. I'm not sure what it is. And then I was out looking and I was out looking with a girlfriend who was um, riding um, the 24 hours of solo, uh, 24 hours of adrenaline solo. We were looking at a really nice road bike. It was a full carbon. It was probably worth more than $10,000. 
and it was being sold in an unfinished furnished basement. And I looked at my girlfriend and said, you know what? I don't feel safe buying this bike. So we had a really bad experience, not even the week before buying and selling bikes. And then we thought, this is crazy. People don't know how to cycle safely or, sh- or share the pathway or anything. So I looked at Chris and I said, you know what we should do? We should create a safe place to buy and sell and donate bikes and fund safe cycling in the province. And in 2011, April 1st, we put our first bike swap on and we tech check every single bike, we record every single serial number, we figure out exactly the safe way to do it. And we did it. And we, the roads were closed. We had a huge snowstorm. Yet people drove in from Lethbridge and Grand Prairie. Every single bike, there were about 150 of them. Everything sold in 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Everything. So we knew that we were onto something. So we put another swap on about six weeks later. And again, every single bike sold. The lineups were huge. Wow. The lineups are notorious. <laughs> we run everything. And Chris and I do all the background work from volunteers to everything. to even design the paperwork and all the processes. And we knew we were onto something and we started doing it the first Saturday in May in Calgary, the second Saturday in May in, in Edmonton. We added Lethbridge and Medicine Hat and Red Deer along the way. But we took those off because they were just too much for us. So, but that's okay. So, yeah. What an amazing success. Wow. Yeah. And so where does the education part come in? Are you, are you teaching things at the bike swap itself or do you do... In addition to that, well, what we do is um, there is it is a consignment sale. What we because we tech check every single bike, we found that we were tech checking bikes and people were taking the bikes that we knew that were going to work. They're selling them in the hallway, so we said, okay, we have to start charging an admission fee, right? Or the people we call it a racking fee, and then we also charge a commission fee to pay for all all the other things that we do. And one of the things that we do is we fund can bike education in Alberta. My husband, Chris, is the only CAN bike master instructor in Alberta. There are only three CAN bike instructors in Alberta. And CAN bike is the only recognized cycling education in Canada. Cool. So so that's what we do is we fund safe cycling through that. And if you think about it, if you're telling somebody that you understand or you're teaching safe cycling, you have to have something. Um, you're not going to, I don't teach diving because I don't know how to dive. And I certainly hope that somebody who's teaching cycling Safe cycling or promising a cycling education understands that there is a qualified course and a certified education that a person needs to say that they do this. Right, right. That makes so, sense. That makes that's what that we makes do. so much sense. Yeah. Or Chris says you're not going to go to Joe's garage for to learn how to do how to do first age. So <laughs> learn learn from the learn from Can Bike. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that so, makes sense. And so yeah. he teaches through Can Bike uh, yeah. as well. He he does a lot yeah. of that teaching. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but we've also got, we work with AMA as well. They have a bike only, you know, you can get your car picked up if you're a member of AMA. They actually have a bike assist and we lobby, not lobby, that's the wrong word. We ask them, would you mind just getting a bike only program for people? And it's only $6 a month. So they will pick you up at the side of the road with your flat tire, your broken bike. And they'll take you where you need to be. And so they're one of the big things. And Chris is helping AMA get a course um, so drivers understand bikes are supposed to be on the road. Right, right. And working working with the driver education program. Right, right. Yeah. Now, there are, uh, it, it seems to me like there there's, especially in kind of like 
just before summer and stuff, there seems to be a shortage of people who can tune up and repair bikes. And do you have any involvement in that side of things? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, Chris was just on um, CBC Radio Active. Was it yesterday? Yes, it was just yesterday, actually, talking about tuning up a bike and getting it ready for spring riding, how to dust it off, which are the ABCs, air, brake, chain. Perfect. So That's cool. We should maybe do a video about that, that on a blog on our website. Alberta That's Bikes. a great idea. AlbertaBikeSwap.ca. Yeah. 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 I got to actually, I'm going to note that for the show notes. I was going to look it up later, but you just said it. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. AlbertaBikeSwap.ca. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Now, let's talk a little bit about this funky only. You said it was the only bike swap software in the world. Tell me all about <laughs> this. Like, how did it come about and, and how does it work and what's special about it? Well, we started with paper copies and oh, writing down a serial number and, and, and doing the identification and making sure that the person says that I own the bike that I'm selling. How good is the signature? So we made it clear that there is a chain of ownership for every single bike that is bought and sold at the bike swap. The police will retrieve bikes from pawn shops and online sales based on our paperwork. Oh, yeah. So they have trusted us and they have supported us for a long time for many years. So what we did, we realized that we outgrew, outgrew paper copies, the first swap, the second swap, but the third swap, we um, purchased a point of sale system and customized it with just VB, trying to figure out how to, you know, just add the number of bikes there. But it was onerous. I call it the ghosts within Microsoft. <laughs> <sighs> so, so we actually customized, we, bought, we, per, we got somebody to code access for us. And again, there are ghosts within Microsoft because you don't do a save as. It can be a very slow system. Yep. And it was a very, very slow system. So we knew exactly what we had and what we needed. And um, by the time our, oh, probably our 40th bike swap came around about three years ago, CBC Gem saw the impact that we were doing. And a fantastic software developer named Terry Pascal came forward and he digitized our software to cloud services for us. We're just absolutely thrilled. We're so grateful to Terry for doing that. Wow. So, so our software has a series of digital signatures. Um, we tried for many, many years as well to, because the only, the most relevant bike serial number stolen bike database we thought would be the national stolen bike database here in Canada. And we asked um, Justice Lametti as well as the RCMP. We tried to get that for many, many years. Just a tap, I have a live access to the database. And they said, you know what's more relevant is Bike Index. So we talked nerdy to Bike Index because there are a bunch of um, cybersecurity um, gurus. And we were able to tap Bike Index with our software to validate that any bike bought or sold at our bike swap has not been reported as stolen. Oh, wow. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we do. So that's, but that's for our event software. We can actually actually moving to a one-on-one -on -one app as well. So, yeah. Can you tell me what the one-on-one -on -one app is all about? It'll be verified that the bike has not been reported as stolen. Oh, I and see. That money, and, and Bike Index is also a, a non-profit, just like we are. We're both deficit profits, actually. But um, So we're going to give them the money so they can actually get the word out about this as well. Neato. Yeah. This is just a side note, just because mm -hmm. I'm such a nerd, but um, <laughs> wouldn't... Uh, wouldn't the blockchain be really useful to record bicycle serial numbers and ownerships? 
Mm. Uh, I would think that would be a really, really cool way to. You could, if it if it got popular, you could have the the bicycle manufacturers recording all the serial yeah. numbers onto mm-hmm. the blockchain uh, for where the the bike came from, mm-hmm. like from the actual manufacturer's yeah. office, yeah. and then when it gets transferred to say Canadian Tire or to uh, you know uh, Bow Cycle or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. then it would get transferred there, and then yeah. it could get transferred to the owner of the bicycle, and yeah. then. It, it would sort of like show the history of the bicycle in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a bit too nerdy for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bike Index says that every single bike, almost every bike purchased these days actually does go through Bike Index. Oh, cool. Okay. So, okay, cool. So I'm not sure if you need to add an extra element into it or not, but I do like the idea. We'll talk to Terry Pascal about um, blockchain as well. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, So what... Okay, so one thing I'm not crystal clear on is so the no, maybe I am. So the bike swaps happen twice a year, one once in Calgary, once in Edmonton, or correct. Okay. They happen twice a year, and then Decathlon has asked us to put one on in September. Right on. So yeah, and they're quite and that is a French company and they use robots. Oh cool. Have you ever been to oh, Decathlon? Cool. No. Oh gosh, it's the coolest thing. So they've actually got you. You put your order and you scan it, and then you send it, and then you've got they've got these robots that pick up what you need in the correct size, and it delivers it into a bin for you. And it just yeah. So let me know if you ever need to get there because it's the coolest place. We yeah, got a friend that, we got a friend that actually does the um, the works there. Oh, so neat. he took us to the back room when we got to watch it. So that's it's cool. The coolest place there. That is cool. Um, okay. That's exciting. Um, now does your, so you were saying that, so it would be bike index where you would register your bicycle. Mm -hmm. And then if it was stolen, you would go back there and mention it was stolen or does the police automatically register it stolen with, with Alberta bike index? Oh, um, you report it yourself. Okay. Okay. But you, but you, because you have the bike index number. So say you, Al have purchased a bike. Yep. You would go to the police and get a police report, right? Right. A stolen bike police report, and you would uh, tell them this is the bike index number. You get a little tip or a little tag QR code, and it just makes your bike. You have a better chance of getting your bike back through bike index. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's really really cool. Yeah. So what's uh, what's some what's some dreams that you have for or you and Chris have for things that you want to do in the future with this? Well, I would like to be able to, we get emails all the time about just how can I put another, how can I put a bike swap while we had, we helped open, for example, the Ontario Children's Hospital. Um, They said, we'd like to do a fundraiser through a bike swap. What can we do? And we told them how to do it. So now that we have the software that's been digitized, we'd be able to send that software as a packet just here. Do it that way. Uh, and the more people and the more people that are registered on bike index, the better it is as well. Yeah. The significant amount of crime is on our stolen bikes, and significant amount of crime is are also done on stolen on a stolen bike. Oh so, they're using yeah. as getaway vehicles, so, I guess. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. That's really, really interesting. What so I guess I guess you can support people like like when I go to Canmore, like everybody and their dog has a bicycle in Canmore. So mm-hmm. if Canmore wanted to do a bike swap, would you support them or would you want to be involved in that? Yeah. Like what, what, where does where do you, it just depends on time or? It depends on time. What do they need from us? And we have the bike racks. We actually designed and patented bike racks. Right. Yeah. I want to talk so, about that a little bit. Tell me about that story. <laughs> well, 
we had some, we need, you need some way to display bikes at an event, at a bike swap. So at any event, be it the dragon boat, be it triathlon, anything, they need some place to display a bike or, or hold a bike. So we built bike racks and they're actually called Laura's Great Rack. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we designed and patented that and they are transportable event racks. Oh, that's cool. Are those listed yeah. on your website? Yeah. Want to board the bike racks? Go ahead. You oh, can that's email cool. us. Yeah. That's very, very cool. Yeah. What is a fascinating more... story. Yeah. Um, well, go ahead. And we, every single, we had to design every single process because there was nothing of the size of our event. So every single process we had to, we walked through every single event that we put on to make sure that people have access, that there's the fire marshal has been there. He's walked through. To get, so we cut the number of people in, we cut the number of people out. We want to make sure everybody is safe. And that, that means safe on a bike and safe um, when they're at our event as well. That makes a lot of sense. So I imagine a, a big um, supporter of your event is is families because you you buy bikes for your kids and then they grow up and then they don't fit the bike anymore and you have to get a new bike. Mm -hmm. So being the name is Alberta Bike Swap, is that something where a family can come down and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. trade their little kid bike for sort of like a bigger bike or maybe add a little bit of money to it or however, however it works? You maybe describe that? Yes. Well, if you've bike to sell, you bring it to us. We are going to tech check it. Every bike has to be immediately rideable. Yeah. We have about a 12% rejection rate and we found things like cracked frames, mm -hmm. pedals glued on, um, rusty chains or chains that the drivetrain does not work at all. And we see these bikes go back for sale online. Oh, no. The bikes that we sell at our swap, we stand by what we sell. Yeah. So, and that's actually fairly important. So. And we also have something called bicycle-shaped objects that we reject. Those are the bikes that don't really ride like a bike. They don't break like a bike. They're the heavy chain store uh, 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 chain store bikes that are not really great quality. Right. You really, you really want to ride the bike that you have, and having a better bike really does make a difference. Yeah. So, so if you have a bike to sell, you bring it to us. We tech check it, record its serial number. You put the digital signature saying, I own the bike that I am selling. You pay a fee to get into the event. And if you go, and then you go away and we sell your bike for you. And then we e-transfer you or mail you a check. Oh, wow. Sophisticated. Um, so pretty simple. <laughs> simple, seamless for everybody except me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we run our events with volunteers. I do all the background work with Chris at the kitchen table. So, and we're still speaking to each other after 12 years of doing this. Amazing. So it's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so do you get a lot of volunteers, like people who believe in what you're doing yeah. and want to help out? Yes. We open up the volunteer list. We opened it this year on March the 17th and we had 130 volunteers within about four days. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, they have to put up with my sense of humor. So, you know, <laughs> there are downsides to a few things here. <laughs> That's great. And so I guess it, it just, it just seems like such a great, like if you can't go, um, you know, to Costco or, or, or to Bose cycle or whatever to buy mm -hmm. a bike and you don't have, you know, a thousand dollars or whatever to pay for a nice new bike. Yeah. This is like, if you could just wait for this, you know, the, the May long weekend to come up uh, <laughs> and be able to go to this bike swap you could probably get a really beautiful bike for a really really decent price hey you bet a lot of stores actually download all the bikes that have not sold over the previous years at our swaps as well oh so wow. we get 
we get new bikes. That's amazing. Yeah. So we have, oh, oh, 600 bikes, five, 600 bikes. And it's, um, there's a really cool YouTube video about how many people we had through. We counted 4,600 people in lineup. Wow. A few years ago. The lineups are notorious. I think that's probably why people volunteer. Yeah, because you get in early. (laughs) They get first dibs. (laughs) They get to see, they get to touch every single bike as they come in. So, Oh, that's great. Well, that's amazing, Laura. And, you know, thank you for sharing this all with me. It's it's nice to kind of have all the detail behind the, all the little vague things that I've seen on social yeah. or that I've chat, chatted with you in person and, and actually yeah. understand where it all started and where it came from. So mm-hmm. that's fascinating. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think this is, I think what you're doing and what you and Chris are doing is absolutely amazing. And it's such an awesome idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, why why throw your bike away like and you, sometimes I, it blows my mind we had a uh, um a cleanup like a, yeah. a community cleanup yeah. event and people were bringing bikes and just chucking them in the metal bin yeah. yeah and you know sometimes it's i mean if sure if the frame's cracked or yeah. something that's fine mm-hmm. but if you're if it's a decent bike you mm-hmm. can put some new components on it and, and someone could could ride it right yeah. like it's, yeah. This is such a cool idea. Really, really. We are a buy and or sell and or donate event. We had 665 bike donations last year. We gave to about 30 of our strategic alliances. Oh, wow. We, we have about 65 strategic alliances as big as Bike Index and Canadian Automobile Association, AMA, and as small as this little place called Bikes for Badgers that rebuilds bikes for children on, reser- on the reserve. Oh, wonderful. So, yeah, so we take all the parts, all the components, um, every single bike, and we can rebuild it. We also use, we also build bikes for cerebral palsy kids and family for adaptive cycling. We help, we fund the container cost for bicycles for humanity because it's not just our backyard. Right. So those things are very big and it's not just our backyard. Wow. That's wonderful. Yeah. And you're not seeing yeah. any shortage of success here. Things are just getting bigger and better each year, eh? I have to retire someday, so I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so <laughs> we're hoping like I could maybe do this. I'm waiting for a knee replacement, so I'm maybe another two, three years, and then that's it for us. So Wow. And we're hoping... So you need a successor. We need a successor. And that's the issue right there is we did not have a succession plan. So again, too soon old, too late smart. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting that down as a quote. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Um, well, thank you, Laura, for being here. Um, it was a real pleasure speaking with you. Thank you, uh, thank you for sponsoring the podcast as well. I, I, I really appreciate that. And um, for everybody who's interested in what Laura's doing, if you want to be the successor to take over her incredible uh, organization, uh, she'll, uh, all the information will be in the show notes. Uh, but uh, it's albertabikeswap.ca is the main thing you want to remember. And um, again, Laura, thank you for being here. Thank you. Rubber side down. <laughs> Rubber side <laughs> down. All right, everyone. Okay. See you. you next week for the next episode of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast for Rainforest Alberta. Cheers. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social-barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. 
This episode was brought to you by Alberta Bike Swap, the safe way to buy, sell, or donate your bike. Visit albertabikeswap.ca for more information. Please ride safe. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.